0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer podcast. I'm so excited you're taking a little bit of time out of your day today to se- spend it, I was like to celebrate, to spend it uh, with me. I am coming to you, I was going to say live, but it won't be live when you listen to it, but coming to you from DC. And I'm actually inside of my sister's walk in closet right now. So if I sound any different, that is why. Um, but I just want to thank you all again for being here, and I want to quickly celebrate all the wins that are happening right now with my group coaching clients as well as my one-on-one clients. You know, It's so interesting. I think a lot of people look and say, oh, wow, well, of course they were successful. They came in with this or came in with that, and and I want to really talk about how everyone who's come into my group coaching or my one-on-one coaching, they're all just normal people (laughs) like you and me are. Right, like they're coming in with just a desire and a hunger, uh, craving their next L and D role and to transition into it. And so, just to see in a few short weeks and months, you know what has transpired. I mean, we're talking life changing opportunities, life changing money. Um, you know, my one on one clients this week are just killing it. They have interview after interview. I have two clients making it to the final rounds after some really intense interviewing, I have a client who was speaking to a recruiter. This company is dying to have her. They literally said to her, you know, we we want, we have, we're we're looking for a place to put you here. Um, My group coaching clients, just to see that, you know, recruiters are knocking on their door, fielding multiple offers. And that's all, we're not even eight weeks in yet. We haven't even finished the freaking program. So just know that, they don't have anything that you don't have, right? They just have this hunger and this desire to get this job, this dream role for them. And you you can have that too. And so I'm opening the doors for my group coaching program. Uh, they're open right now for registration. If you register by August 9th, you'll actually end up getting two additional weeks at no cost um, of group coaching. So I'm gonna open up for early access, something I didn't do last time. So you'll get ten weeks instead of eight weeks. Uh, we'll still have eight group coaching calls, but you'll get two weeks of access to our members-only coaching group, to the modules to get started, um, and to you know to me asking me questions and you know me being there to answer them for you within our our group coaching our members-only uh, forum. So I'm still offering five hundred dollars off this cohort using code August five hundred. So go to my website. It's www.theovernighttrainer.com slash work dash with dash me and scroll down to the Overnight Trainer group coaching program and register. And if money is holding you back, if the the affordability of it is holding you back, please, please, please do not be shy. Reach out to me. DM me on LinkedIn. Email me hello at theovernighttrainer.com I have payment plans available. I have different arrangements we can make. Just let me know if that's the reason, and we will figure something out, I promise. All right, so I want to, I'm so excited about today's episode. (laughs) So I want to introduce today's guest, Stephanie Zarabian. She is a digital adoption leader at Sprinkler, which is a unified platform for all customer facing functions. She is an industry leader in digital adoption, sales, and employee enablement. And guys, she has several years of experience creating disruptive and strategic technology adoption programs for companies such as LiveOps, Lending Club, Robert Half, T-Mobile for Business, and of course, Sprinkler, where she is now. Not only that, but she is also the amazing, fantastic, talented host of the Digital Adopter series on thedigitaladopter.com. Stephanie, welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. You know, we've uh, been connected on LinkedIn for I feel like a while now, and really engaging with e- each other's content. And I was talking to a, actually a client of mine who you know you you converse with, and she's like, Stephanie's just so great. And I'm like, wait, why haven't I had Stephanie on the show yet? Like, I need to have her. So I'm so so happy you're here. And what I love about well, so many things we talked about a little bit offline about just your content's amazing. Your energy is amazing. Um, but I love that you have a really unique background. So that's one of the things that when I was, even when we first connected, I was like, wow, she has such a unique background and she's been able to really do so many incredible things in her career. So I saw you've done higher education and been in L&D, sales enablement, now a digital adoption leader. And really kind of everything in between as far as like all those bits and pieces go. So I'd love for us to kick it off by you telling us, you know, who you are, what you do, and really what your career journey has been.
1: Absolutely. So... Okay. Well, you know, back in college, I feel like I was in college of 2005 to 2009. Back then, I just remember whenever somebody was studying computer science or something tech, I'm like, okay, they're boring. We're like, like, okay, I I can't relate to that. And I feel like at the college I went to, everybody either studied business or elementary education. And I was like, oh, I don't like those. So I, and you know, my parents never told me to like get a career. Like I don't know. I grew up in a very traditional home. Everyone thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. Um, and it turns out I still am. I just kind of work from home too. <laughs> I love it. But that. during college, I just wanted to have fun. Um, high school wasn't fun for me. I was a total dorks. But in college, I kind of found my groove and I studied theater and some French. And unfortunately, you can't really get careers out of like, moderately okay French and theater in too many places, but I did a, um, I volunteered for 18 months um, as a missionary in France right after I graduated, which gave me incredible skills in French. And from there, that kind of landed me into this weird role where I kind of realized I fit into tech as a translator. And then as soon as they knew that i was good as a translator i started doing software qa and then i started doing you know i kind of dove into higher education and did curriculum development for different languages and for other people who are going to volunteer so i was kind of always in this like tech meets curriculum development meets everything kind of space. And nobody kind of knew what to do with me. I was just this bubbly girl in the corner and they're like, just give it to Stephanie. She'll figure it out. Um, But I really started to fall in love with curriculum development and instructional design. So I went back and got a master's back in 2018 in learning and technology. And as part of that, I actually was required to go out and learn lots of new technology. So I started with Storyline because it seems everyone's doing Storyline. I did some Captivate and I found this weird one that was kind of like the stepchild of the e-learning community and that was WalkMe. And nobody really knew about WalkMe. It was kind of like, sure, people do that maybe. And I was kind of discouraged from doing it, but I'm like, no, this is really cool. It's like actually teaching people on the screen what to do. And I got really excited about it. And I did a final project on WalkMe. It was kind of my, my thesis and my capstone, and it actually won a little award. So Congratulations. Thank you at the university. And I'd never won anything before. It was really exciting. Um, so I'm leaving my master's degree with this little award and my resume and hoping for the best. And I was lucky enough that me and probably maybe two other people knew about WalkMe at the time. So I was brought in as a contractor for different walk-me roles in 2018 and I started building and I started creating so much training for individuals. I worked for a company that was Migrating from Salesforce Classic to Salesforce Lightning and WalkMe was a huge component of that. They had to shift how their recruiters did everything, which was a big thing. I worked for a company that was high growth and they were gaining about 500 to 1,000 employees within a year um, at their call centers and were requiring to really just get people onboarded fast, fast, fast and get them performing their work fast and again walk me was there walk me sits on the page it kind of floats over it just like you put on makeup every day or maybe not anymore <laughs> but um, <laughs> how you put on makeup and you just walk me just kind of floats on the screen and says click here then click here walk me is great because it can automate processes and um, sorry i feel like i'm talking so much but it just no i like lo- continue please continue my has <laughs> just kind of progressed and the next role i was at t mobile for business and you know, I was there. It was such an exciting time. They said, oh, we're going to merge with Sprint anytime soon. It's going to be April 1st. And then COVID hit May, March 13th. And I thought we all went home. Everybody's home. Salesmen are home. People that need to be in the office are home. And I thought there's no way we're going to still merge. Like we're all home. How are we going to communicate with each other? But we still merged April 1st. Like clockwork and Walkme was a big part of that. When you merge two companies, it's just it's kind of crazy. You've got two different CRMs coming together at the same time. You have salesmen at Sprint and SalesMinute at T-Mobile that were working on very similar accounts trying to win the sale. And what do you do with these salespeople who have been working so hard? And so WalkMe is not just a tool to help train, but WalkMe kind of became this huge communication tool where you know all these salesmen, they all speak the same language, they all speak Salesforce. And so as they logged in every morning, WalkMe was the pop-up that let them know what had changed in their CRM, if their account was also being worked on by someone at Sprint and how they could communicate with that person. So kind of just really incredible how WalkMe you know, it helps people adopt, it helps people train. And then it just is this incredible communication tool to really drive change management forward and get people to make those changes in their everyday work routine. That was a lot. <laughs> no, I love
0: that. So, talk to me about where you are now and kind of the role that you're doing at Sprinkler
1: absolutely so at sprinkler um i'm kind of the digital adoption leader for our employee delight program we use the word "delight." i love that i have a question about that
0: later but i love that
1: yes i love delight so we have employee delight and what we want is you know we have these extensive tech stacks for each group of employees and you know where before i feel like at the company they really worked with like systems admins and said, "Okay, where can we put support within your system? You're the systems admin; you know everything." I came in, and I have a hard time communicating with super tech people. I don't know what it is. I maybe they're—I'm not their cup of tea. But I'm—I'm I'm much more apt at working with um, people managers. And so I go. I came into Sprinkler, and I started going to the people managers, and I started saying, "Where are your employees having a hard time?" Then it turned into, "What are your employees' outcomes?" what do they need to do to get paid for sales? Um, what do they need to do to be an ex- successful recru- recruiter? What makes them a successful um, customer success manager? And defining those outcomes with those people managers, I'm able to kind of drill down at these tech dependencies and say, okay, they need to do this in their CRM to then do this and then get paid. Let's help them with that process. Let's automate it. Let's take away clicks and let's get them through that process. So it's kind of been this huge transition and this huge culture shift where we've gone from Walk Me's kind of there and I don't know who put it on there, but it's there if you need it, Jane, to, oh, my manager did this for me. And my manager is telling me to do it because it'll help me be successful. So it's kind of the component of change management, like the preferred sender, where we need to have the right person promoting the change and promoting the um, behavior. So it's just been this huge shift, and it's it's been incredibly successful. I've worked with incredible teams, like our SDR teams, who are just the most enthusiastic. Fun and just they just have this young spirit. They're all probably like 22, but they just have this young spirit and it's so much fun creating content for them. We're supporting all the different teams here at Sprinkler and it's just really exciting to see an entire tech stack starting to work for the user instead of being like, how do I do this?
0: (laughs) Totally. You know, and we'll talk more about it later too, but I, I see, especially as we're as organizations are becoming more and more digital dependent. It's becoming more and more challenging for employees to navigate through all of these systems and how do these systems talk to each other and what do I need to do here? What do I need to do there? So it's so, so awesome to hear that there are roles that exist that kind of help bridge that gap between people and technology and, and making, because the goal of technology, right, is to make people's jobs easier, um, but sometimes we introduce it and it ends up making their jobs harder. So before we kind of get into all that, I want to back up for a second because there are some people listening who may not even know like what digital adoption is, probably didn't even know it was a, a career path. So, what exactly is digital adoption, and what type of roles do you typically find within that space?
1: So, digital adoption is using basically a digital adoption platform that sits right in the like a, a system, like your like Workday or Salesforce or ServiceNow. Um, you know, traditionally, how we trained on software is we would have these incredible instructional designers create simulations or demos. Um, Whether in Storyline or Captivate. And I know that they have fantastic tools. So you can go in, have hotspots. It's like the user is clicking and it's like the user is doing it. I feel like, you know, pre digital adoption platform, that was really the best that you could do. Um, I've also been at companies where they have, you know, field trainers go out and do live demos for teams. When I worked at, I worked, one of my first roles was at Robert Half Staffing. And they had these incredible team of field trainers that would go out and everybody loved these field trainers. It was so incredible, but um, you know, everything changes, technology changes, COVID changes, people can't go out and do these live demos. Individuals are getting, are so fatigued from being at the computer all day. They don't wanna take additional training in addition to their role. So where a digital adoption platform comes in is that it's really integrated with each platform. And you build very similar to how you would build an e-learning plat in an e-learning platform, you're really just taking clicks on the screen. So you say, I want the user to click here, click here, click here, and then done. Um, And it's actually very simple to build. You know, I'm not smarter than the average bear. I I'm not particularly technically adept, but I was able to start building within my very first week of using the tool. So very intuitive and very um, simple to build simple solutions. And basically the goal of digital adoption is to help users reach these outcomes, um, whether it's with training to help people you know, create their first contact in Salesforce. So instead of telling this new trainee who's had to go through hours of training on Zoom, whether live or virtually within the LMS and have to learn so much about the company, so much about their role whether it be a salesman a csm or whatever instead of having them take another course and do a virtual simulation we say okay now go into your platform and start doing it so i think that's the really big difference um you know i've switched around a lot in my career and i've done a lot of onboarding and i can tell you i think that even recently here at Sprinkler, I think a combination of COVID and being at the computer all the time and just doing so much and learning so much, it was so much for me. Um, It was just, you know, I felt like the e-learning courses didn't end. I felt like as soon as I finished one another popped up and I was like, okay, oh my goodness, how do I even do my job now? Right. So I feel like everybody can feel that way, particularly in roles where you know, you're not a tech person. You know, a salesperson has to have soft skills. They need to know social selling. They need to know negotiation skills. They need all this other set of skills that is so much more important for them to, than how to like create an opportunity in Salesforce. So, what WalkMe does is it really takes away that need for that kind of traditional training, literally yanks it out and says, okay, once they know how to do social selling, once they finish that first call with their, um, with their prospect, now they just click on that button and WalkMe can do it for them. And they don't even have to think about it. So that's really kind of the, the difference and where, you know, before traditional training just filled that need, a digital adoption platform can really just take that away now.
0: That's awesome. One thing I that really stood out to me that you said was like, you know, their e-learning and then all of a sudden a new one popped up and I think oftentimes in learning and development we forget that although learning and development is our full-time jobs it's not the full-time jobs of people inside the organization Um, and I was conducting a a a training a couple a couple months ago for a group of of uh, L&D professionals. And that was like one of their biggest takeaways was like, oh my gosh, like I'm having to spend all this time learning right now. Like I finally know what it's like to be them, you know, for, you know, and they invested in this, right? Like they knew what they were getting into, but it was a really big eye opener for them of like, wow, we're really putting our employees and asking so much of them when the reality is they actually have a job to do. Their full-time job isn't learning. Um, So I love it. You kind of talked about like, how do we give people time back and that way they can learn while also doing the job that they need to do. Um, and I think that's so beneficial for so many reasons, but especially thinking that like at the end of the day, if people have to decide between learning and doing the job they're getting paid to do, they're going to try to do the job they're getting paid to do. And, and that's when people make mistakes and things happen. So I kind of love that you brought that up in the sense of, digital adoption platforms and the people who are helping make them come to life it really help bridge that gap there as well so kind of that's like the positive side of things uh, when you think about like the challenges like what do you find most challenging about being in a digital adoption role like where where do the the challenges come in and kind of the heart the hard things come in
1: i think definitely building those relationships um you know walk new and I've, I've been on calls where traditional trainers, um, whether it's field trainers or even virtual trainers have said, well, if you're going to do this in Salesforce, then what's my job? Um, it's like, okay, Eric, you can also train them on like soft skills. Like, you know, <laughs> you are a trainer. Like I, I thought that I was going to yeah, be Eric, <laughs> yeah, gosh, Eric, freaking <laughs> Eric but basically that is his real name, but, um, but, and I've heard from so many individuals where, you know, it's new, but you know, the LMS, you know, that was new 15 years ago and people weren't really comfortable with that. And I'm sure people had to go through this same journey to get buy-in. So it's a combination of, you know, driving, um, building these relationships, which is a little hard. Um, They don't know me. you know, they come in, they're like, who is this girl? Why is she smiling so much? Why does she love this product so much? But how can it help me? And my goal is to put these calls on people's calendars and show them, look, this is how I can drive success. And it's always a little hard. It's always, you know, people have these great relationships with their employees for a reason, because they feel comfortable to come to them and to ask them to say, okay, don't come to me for this, click this button is definitely a big challenge. But once they get over that, the managers kind of see, oh, this is giving me time back. Um, So that's the thing. I think another issue that's there is that um, they think people just don't know what it is. Um, And even I'll try and explain what WalkMe is and I'll send a video demo and they say, okay, so you just make a video of the process. I'm like, no. No, um, Can we get on a call, please? And it's so hard to get time on people's calendars. It's so hard to push something forward. Um, and I think really just um, the more I've learned about change management and helping people through this change has been exponentially helped, has exponentially helped my little career um, as I've tried to build these relationships and show value quickly, as opposed to letting them know, okay, we're going to have to do everything different because what's happening now is garbage. <laughs> I love that. I was just talking in my uh,
0: group coaching call last night, we talked about the importance of change management and learning. And and I I said to them, I said, I think one of the most underrated and underused tools, as well as one of the biggest reasons that learning initiatives fail is because L&D professionals lack the skill set or the understanding of how important change management is behind all of these things. Uh, So I love that you bring that up. And it's so funny because I, my first taste in official training capacity, I was a software trainer, never set out to be like (laughs) software is not like my jam. Like I did. (laughs) Yeah, like not, not my jam. It's really funny. Actually, we were, my boyfriend and I were back at, uh, in Los Angeles last week or two weeks ago, and he gave me a tour of the, the UCLA campus where he went to school. And he was saying about how over here, like on the, any UCLA grads listening, I'm probably botching this, but like you know, on like the north side, it's all of these you know the science and the math and like all of those, and then on the the other side of the campus is like theater and you know the arts and all of that. And I kept saying like I would never be on the 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 science and the math the math side of things. So it's interesting, you know. But I think the you know getting into the systems training was so great for me in a lot of ways. But I remember when I was told that we were going to go from in-person systems training to it being videos and e-learnings. And I like flipped out. I freaked out. I was like, what do you mean? There's no way, like there's no way that's going to work, you know, but it came from a, a fear of well, what am I going to do? So Eric, I totally understand what you're talking about. Uh, but what ended up happening was like, then I was able to like, to your point, like focus on soft skills and all that. So a lot of these other things that were really important for me to, to work on developing. So I thought that was uh, a great, great concept that you brought up too, as well. When you think about, kind of pivot a little bit, when you think about the intersection of learning and technology, where do you see traditional learning and development fall short
1: I think just in the like like the tactical learning like I know that we don't talk about learning styles I know that's a faux pas <laughs> yeah but I, I honestly think that when you think about actually the process of going and doing something I think that there's a little bit of stuff that falls short I also think that there's this issue with you know cognitive overload that can sometimes happen in traditional learning where you have an e-learning course on, the whole thing is on Salesforce for an account executive per se. and I say, okay, these are all the processes you're going to do in Salesforce as an account executive. And I'm thinking if I'm looking at, you know, five chapters of an e-learning course, that's a lot. So I think that, and I, I hate saying this, I know my L&D, you know, friends um, do an incredible job. I, I have nothing but respect for Learning traditional learning and development, but I think in terms of e-learning, there is that huge gap in, you know, what happens in the field versus what's happened in this e-learning course, and how quickly things change within a platform. Um, how quickly things change, and how um, e- how quickly courses be- can become outdated. Courses and videos. I used to make videos. Salesforce changes every seven minutes. I swear, <laughs> buttons move around. And as processes change, I know that having built those videos and having built those e-learning courses, I can definitely bear my testimony and say that the lift is excruciatingly heavier when you're updating videos versus updating a walkthrough where you just go and make a different click and uh, publish it and it's live on the site. So I think that um, there, there's that little bit of a gap where even just the ease of use for the builder, the instructional designer. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting you say that too,
0: because, you know, even looking back now at like some of the technology training that I created years and years and years ago, like just how often it needed to be updated. And then it's like, how do you make that decision? Right. Where it's, do I have to update it every time as an update? Do I update it as their, you know, as a, as a major release? And so it, it becomes challenging, like you were saying, as the designer of that. And then also of a of, from a departmental standpoint of where am I going to give my resources to, because systems now, especially good ones are evolving because it, from a good perspective and for a reason, but then it's like, you're constantly having to tell your, the people who are, your audience and your learners. Okay. So that changed and that changed. And then eventually I would find myself, I'm, I'm saying more and more about that's different and that's different and that's different than like actually what is the same inside the e-learning it would. And so it was like the amount of effort it takes to even just have to put disclaimers and notes in there to your point, utilizing a digital adoption platform, that same exact effort or less could go into just changing, changing a step real quick in there. So I find that really fascinating that we kind of traditional L&D holds on so tight to these traditional ways of doing things uh, when we could see so much more progress and change in our learners by adopting more of these types of digital adoption platforms. So I find that, I find that so interesting and, and even You know, if you think about it, a lot of organizations don't have someone to focus on digital adoption, yet there's so many organizations that are constantly adopting new technologies and ways of working. So with that in mind, right? So if I if I am part of an L and D team and we don't have anyone who really like you is an expert or specializes in digital adoption platforms, what can traditional LN teams do or learn from someone like you or digital adoption teams in general to really move the needle on that?
1: I think really putting yourselves in the shoes of the learner um, and really the, the teams and the individual thinking what they're doing for eight hours a day and how does this fit into that? Um, I know I've created so many courses where it's like, okay, here's an update on the product. Here's an update on that. I don't dig further. I just ship it off to sea and um, and wish it well and hope everybody learns something. But I think with digital adoption, you really have to focus and say, okay, there needs to be a definite outcome in this technology. They need to be successful and this is success. So not just defining learning outcomes and objectives um, and saying, oh, in this course, you'll learn how to you know, create a contact. But in this course, you're gonna learn how to create a contact and the next steps. Um, And we can take them to those next steps. Maybe after you create a contact, you have to go into your sales engagement platform and add them to a cadence. And with digital adoption, you can take them straight there. Um, So I definitely think the user behavior and kind of analyzing that and seeing where users are falling short. I just don't think that they dig as deep in traditional learning and development as they as they even want to? I'm sure it's it, it's a lot. It's a lot to add that to your to your list of things to learn. But I think that it can really make all the difference.
0: I agree. You no, know, I think where where I struggle with traditional L and lot, and is even the way that it's it it is formulated and, and framed in a lot of organizations. It, it's very linear, right? And it's like you're and, and linear and siloed at the same time, and it's not looking a lot of times we forget that it's not about us, right? It's about the learner. So it's not about how many e-learnings we're putting out or how many ILTs are we teaching or, you know, it's, you know, for a lot of organizations, they measure in the number of like the output. Uh, And I think to your point, you know, taking that, that nod from, from digital adoption and being able to say, all right, the whole point of this is so that way they can, Work faster and work better and feel more confident in what they're doing versus sitting around and watching eight hours of content. Yeah, sure. You now on the back end can see, check off the box, they watched all the videos, but can they actually do the job that we're asking them to do? So I, yeah. are they I actually find that- selling
1: the product that it was about? Are they actually, you know, promoting it within their calls and things like that? It's, I think that's always the challenge.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I find that like, Anytime I start to feel like outcome driven of like my own productivity, I have to take a step back and say like, wait, what do I want to change? Like, what am I trying? Who am I trying to help here? And like, what do I want them to be able to do? And like, oftentimes that means I'm shaving off things. And it's almost similar to what you posted today, right? About like, what what, what did you put? It was K-I-D-S.
1: Yeah. Keep it. uh, Hold on why don't I know what I wrote? <laughs> no, it was great. No, I can't remember it either, but I loved it. <laughs> it's not keep it, keep it informative, delightful, and simple.
0: Yeah. And so I think as L&D professionals, we forget that. And like, when you think about these digital adoption platforms sitting on top, that's what they do, right? It's supposed to keep it, you know, informative, delightful, and, and is it delightful. Or now am I sticking on delightful. informative, yeah, no, you yep, informative delightful, you know, and, and simple. And that's the whole goal of it as well. You know, no one, no one has time these days to comb through. I think your post said like people look at about 20% of that material. So like mm-hmm. what, what can we give them so that way they feel that they're getting what they need without having to spend hours and hours, you know, doing it. So I really just like that L&D can really take some nods from the digital adoption side of things keeping that focus on what do we need people to do and what do they want to do and need to do and what's their, that kind of moment of learning need, which is really, really important as well. And so speaking of delight, uh, on your LinkedIn profile, something you had, it was in your about me section that completely caught my eye was that you create culture around digital adoption to ensure employee and customer delight. I love that. So Tell me a little bit more about what a culture of employee and customer delight is, and then how do you create that type of culture?
1: Well, at Sprinkler, our whole thing is to work happy, work happier. And our CEO always says, I want people to be happier in 2021. I want everyone to be happier every single year. And I think we call it customer delight because we don't just want them to, again, I don't just want them to complete a process. I want them to think it's fun. So one thing I do is that I put little characters into my little walk me balloons as they go across the screen. For our SDR team, I had, you know, their manager, Luke, who is, he's super cool, he's got earrings, like he's just such a look, he's so incredible. And I put, uh, I created a little animated character of him with Vyond and he is in every single balloon telling them where to go. And then at the end- I love that, that's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, and then at the end it's like, oh, this'll take a minute to update in the CRM, go grab a snack and it's him eating popcorn to tell them to get a snack or to grab a coffee or something. And then um, again, for LinkedIn Sales Navigator, I did something very simple. I took the European sales manager, her name is Reese. She's from Denmark, she has pink hair. So I've got Reese with this awesome pink hair um, and her gorgeous green eyes going across the platform, telling them what to do. And for them, that really resonates with the SDRs. It really helps them connect. It's almost like they're walking across the platform with their manager. And I tend to do that with every single platform. And that's the whole, it kind of goes back to really connecting with these managers and understanding their their employees and their needs. So when I create content for the AEs, you know, who's the coolest looking, say, uh, director of sales that we can put in these balloons for these account executives or for HR you know we can put our gorgeous wonderful chief um, people officer in there to help them feel like they're she's with them um so just creating this making it look fun making it look engaging you know at the end you know I have the characters doing a little salsa dance as as they complete the process and just be like oh I'm so cool I did it um So that's kind of one way I just kind of create this delight, like find what's fun for the users, find the funnest person to be the face of it, the most engaging person and put them right in the content.
0: I think that's so fantastic because, you know, I talk a lot about you know, the, the goal of learning isn't for it to be fun, right? Like that's not our goal. We, we want them to want our learners to be able to do something and be successful with the information they're getting. And I find a lot of people focus so much on what I call the entertainment, um, that they're, you know, it's all about the entertainment, but what I love that you did is saying, hey here, like, I'm going to get them exactly what they need. And here's how I'm going to make it more fun. Here's how I'm going to make it more engaging, not setting out to say, I want this really fun experience. So we're going to do a, a live session and all these things. It's like, no, I know exactly what will help them be successful. And even without all of that, they'd be successful doing this, but how can I, it, it's a, a personalized approach, right? It feels, mm-hmm. it feels special and fun and like oh I know that person and that little bit more engaging so I I really think that's such a a really awesome approach to adding a fun element adding an engagement element but at the end of the day still knowing that the what you're delivering is going to help them succeed with or without the fun but that engagement is kind of that that kicker right like leaving them there so I think that's that's a really great way to really bridge the gap between them being able to walk away, no pun intended, walk, but you know, walk away, <laughs> walk with me away um, and also feel that that was cool. You know, like we still want to be cool, <laughs> you know, I mean, especially when it comes to, to technology too, right, giving it a little bit of pizzazz. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love that. And so kind of to, to start to wrap things up a little bit, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are in career transition. They might be looking to get into LD. They might have their first LD role. Uh, there's people too who are high level LD executives. For someone who's listening to this and they want to either get into the digital adoption side of learning, they want to learn more about it or grow their skills in it. What advice do you have on what skills are needed to be successful in this type of role?
1: I think, and it's always scary to do this, but my favorite thing is when people just contact me on LinkedIn and say, hey, what is this WalkMe thing? Um, and I know that it's kind of scary to do that with someone you don't know, but I think if you're really interested in learning, you can even just look at the, a digital adoption platform like WalkMe's website, find different meetings they have. Um, you know, at DevLearn, if you're going to DevLearn or one of the ATD conferences, find the WalkMe booth. Um, find the digital adoption place and see if you could potentially, um, you know, take a take a little course or see a demo. Um, also within your own organization, start to think about those tech dependencies. What kind of technical skills does your team need to be successful and reach their outcomes?
0: I love that. Um, side note, speaking of DevLearn, I think someone's speaking
1: there. I am. So if you want to learn more about digital adoption and you don't, you aren't a WalkMe customer, we're actually going to be able to give you access to a WalkMe editor to be able to create content with WalkMe within a platform. I think we're all going to have to use either Salesforce or Workday. I'm not quite sure yet, but if you want to try it out for yourself, come meet me at DevLearn for a build your own device session.
0: Awesome. I'll put that information in the show notes too. People know where to register and find that. One question I ask all of my guests now, what are you learning right now?
1: I am reading, I'm actually trying to study more about negotiation. So I'm reading the book Influencer and I'm reading the book Never Split the Difference, which is quite a tale about the guy that did the FBI, like kidnapping negotiations and really just kind of put it being able to put myself out there with these different leaders, with VPs, with people with C in their name and to kind of get them to understand my methods and understand why it can be successful. I think, you know, I'm kind of a yes person. I tend to just kind of sink into the background if I get pushback, but really just kind of making myself stronger to really stand up and say, no, we need this um, because I say so, (laughs) but in a nice way. Uh, And
0: that's amazing. Actually, um, when I went back to school, Uh, one of my classes that I had to take for my, my degree in organizational learning was I had to read the influencer book. Mm -hmm. And I I remember, I actually wait, now that I think about it, should read it again. But I really remember reading it and really enjoying it and being able to kind of find that voice of, especially in the the learning space, right? Like we want to help everyone. Like that's what we do, you know? So being able to find that voice and how do I, how do I sell essentially my ideas and what's what I know to be correct and what I know to be uh the the right thing for our learners so that's really exciting you have to report back on your negotiation skills and how that's going absolutely awesome so Stephanie you are such a delight to use your word Uh, this has been so fantastic to chat I know people are just going to I feel like together, we're like this amazing ball of energy that I feel like people will listen to the show and then they'll be like recharged and energized throughout their whole day, which is awesome. Uh, But you are fantastic. You bring so much to the show, to your audience on LinkedIn, uh, to what you do. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you? Where are you? (laughs)
1: please connect with me on linkedin particularly if you're interested in digital adoption or technology learning i'm always so happy to answer any questions give you a demo and just kind of you know help you learn more about it so and how it can potentially help your company and your users and your learners
0: Awesome. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. I know we'll definitely will not be the last time, uh, we're talking and you also have your own, your own series that you do of interviews. So tell us a little bit about that real quick too, because I want to make sure people know where to listen to you.
1: So everybody that does digital adoption kind of came into it through a weird side door like me, like translator, this, this, that. And I really love to hear people's origin stories. So I kind of have, I don't kind of, but I have a little series that's digital adopter origin stories where I find out the different origin stories, how people got into digital adoption and how they're driving success with their unique set of skills.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll put the link to that as well. um, in the show notes, people can know where to find you, but thank you so much for all you do for the learning community, for the digital adoption community, uh, and for coming on the show today. It's been great to have you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much too. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at the overnight trainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.